You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. of the MLB Pipeline Podcast. I'm Jason Ratliff, here with Jim Callis and Jonathan Mayo. And, well, Jim, I'm glad you're still here. I did listen to last week's episode of the podcast. I did hear you threaten to quit, leave for another job, so I didn't even know when we, when I logged on here, I didn't even know if you'd be here. Well, I mean, we saw what happened to Force Whitley, right? Like he's got finger inflammation, so he's been shut down. I think that makes me more valuable to the Astros since he excels whenever I'm around. Um, I don't think it's coincidental, Jason. I'm just, I'm just going to ask. I'm going to Florida for spring training, but curiously, I'm not assigned to the <laughs> East Coast of Florida. I'm not anywhere near That's West great. Palm Beach in the Astros, and I feel like that is perhaps done on purpose <laughs> to keep me away from the Astros so I cannot negotiate with it. Like if I showed up, and Force Whitley was lights out again that day. Yeah, they have right. to hire me. So yeah, preventing that through scheduling genius. Um, well, uh, let's talk about what we're going to talk about this week, as opposed to what you guys talked about last week. On uh, this week's episode of the podcast, we're going to talk about well, spring training. It's underway. You guys uh, talked about that last week as well. I I listened, pro- proving again that I listened to the podcast while I was on vacation. Well, were you swimming with pigs while you listened? Yeah, with headphones yeah. on. Did the yep. pigs listen? Yes. Listen to the podcast. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't know if the pigs listen. Probably saw an uptick uh, in, our, were, in our in our numbers, but yeah, maybe they were feasting on carrots, and bread. Uh, what else did I see? These pigs fed. I don't know. But Jim, Jim has has swum with pigs. I was surprised to find out from last week's you, podcast. You learn, episode. you learn something every week on this podcast. Did you swim? Did you swim with the pigs in, in the Bahamas, Jim? Or are there other other places you can swim we with were. pigs? You we, we, were on a cruise, weren't you? That, that's sad. Like you know how bad my memory is. I know it was we were on a cruise when we when we used to cruise pre-pandemic, um, and somewhere we swam with pigs. I, I was going to say Bahamas, but Probably. I'd be lying if I told you I knew for sure. That's got to be it. Somewhere there's pictures of me swimming with pigs, which I, which would have been great for this podcast. Yeah, we got to get those out. On. It's not a visual medium. But uh, if, if perhaps when we post this podcast, I will see if I can produce said photo of me in the water with wow. pigs um, to tweet um, or X or whatever you call it. I'll see what I can do. Man, that sounds fantastic. Uh, so, yeah, we're going to talk about spring training. We're going to talk a little bit about spring breakout. Uh, top 30 prospect lists are coming next week. Uh, preview that a little bit. Uh, we have a special guest on the podcast today. Max Clark, Tigers' number one prospect, MLB's number 13 overall prospect, uh, a repeat visitor on the podcast, mm-hmm. a rarity, uh, which may not seem so rare because 
last week we had Jordan Lawler on. He was also a repeat, but uh, there haven't been many more than that, if any more. We only have repeats when we talk to them when they're in high school and then when they're in the right. pro game, it, you know, differing times apart, but yes. Uh, we also want to talk about a, a story that we just did on each team's best power hitting prospect, and then we'll wrap up by answering a question from the mailbag. Uh, so let's talk spring training just a few days in, uh, we've seen quite a few prospects, uh, already, already delivering, uh, a couple home runs as we record this, a couple home runs today from Tamar Johnson, uh, James Wood has, uh, homered a couple of times. Um, what, what else is, what else has caught your eye? I think it was the Padres' first spring training game, but we saw Jackson Merrill make a diving catch in left field as he oh, tries yeah. to transition from shortstop to the outfield and possibly win a starting job in San Diego, which which needs outfielders after trading outfielders. Um, that was one that caught my eye. Um, it, it's it's a weird time of year because I feel like I'm, my, my attention's torn in so many different directions. You have the spring training highlights. You have the college baseball highlights. Because that season's just started, you're getting excited about the draft, and then <laughs> Jonathan and I and Sam Dykstra are working on top 30s. So, like, I'm like, oh, I got to stop watching highlights. I need to get back and and, and write some more blurbs. Um, so, I, I I feel like I've paid attention to some of it, but not as much as perhaps I could. I, you know, I mean, there's been some some other really good things. Uh, you know, it's it's a couple of days in, so. Uh, it's an exciting time because you have the guys that you know we we broke down previously and like who are potentially competing for for jobs like a Jackson Merrill, um, you know Tamar Johnson obviously is not but he's going to get some big league time early and he can make a a good impression in the big league staff. Spencer Jones is five for five over two games with the homer, um, you know no strikeouts, good impression. Like James Wood is not going to make the Nationals out of spring training, but I think we're all kind of curious to see if he's going to make a step forward after last year struggling, you know, when he got promoted and uh, this could be kind of help him hit the ground running uh, things of that nature. And, you know, pitching, pitching is just getting going, but a guy that sort of interests me is Joe Boyle. Uh, I think we talked about him a little bit last week. Um, And confirmed, but uh, because you listened and um, exactly. You know, because you know, he came over to the A's uh, from, from the Reds as a guy with premium stuff, could throw really hard, never could throw a strike, threw really well in a, in a few starts with Oakland. They're really excited about what they think they may have unlocked, and he's got a chance to to break camp in their, in their big league rotation. He came out and threw two shutout innings, one hit, no walks and three strikeouts. So an encouraging first step forward for him. I think everyone's going to be watching to see if he can keep the the walks relatively in check, which is not something he's ever done, you know, dating back to his college days. So that's probably the one pitching prospect that I uh, noticed in, in the early on. I mean, people have you know, basically thrown once, a couple of relievers have thrown twice, but uh, that's the one that really jumps out to me. Kyle Harrison, uh, the Giants, our, our top left-handed pitching prospect, had four strikeouts in two innings. Another southpaw who caught my my eye, Cooper Jerpy of the Cardinals, who I think they've used him in a lot of short stints. I, like, I think he could help them very quickly as a lefty reliever if they want to go that route. He struck out four in two scoreless innings. I mean, we're, we're really diving into small sample size theater here, but it's, it's just exciting 
to see guys on the field. I don't know if these games count per se, but compiling statistics and competing against, you know, other quality, you know, opponents, it's fun. Like it's, I guess still not officially spring, but it feels like spring is here. Uh, mentioned Tamar Johnson homering twice. Jordan Lawler has homered today, fresh off of his podcast visit. Junior Caminero. Yeah, it's exciting to uh, you're right. It's exciting to see these these guys uh, getting a chance here in spring training. Some of them, you know, vying for big league jobs. Others, not necessarily. Um, you guys are both headed to spring training tomorrow. That correct? is correct. One of you headed to Phoenix. One of you headed to Florida. Um, who, who's leaving first tomorrow? My flight's at like seven in the morning, so I'm going to guess me, but I don't know Jim's travel schedule. My, my mine is at seven thirty in the morning, but that's central time. I leave first. Um, maybe, hopefully, our planes like don't like collide in the mid midair. Like we're going to intersect at some point, maybe because of the directions we're going. So, um, I, I think we're probably okay. Happen, but, uh, but you... I think we're probably okay. But yeah, I'm I'm excited. <laughs> I, mean, I hope so. Have a lot going on and. Yeah. You know, finishing up those top 30 lists and things like that. But uh, it, it, it's we spent so much time writing about and talking about here and uh, being able to actually go out and see prospects, you know, even early on in big league games, you know, the guys that we're talking about and see them on the field. Like it's always it, it's exciting. I mean, it's what we what we want to see. We want to see how they're going to perform. And I look forward to getting out there every year and running around to, you know, whatever it is, I'm doing 11 camps in 11 days and, you know, checking the schedule 400 times every day. Cause I never trust that I'm going to go to the right place and uh, end up in the right place. At least you're, you're starting in Phoenix where if you go to the wrong place, it's a little, it's correct. Little it, it, it to, might be uh, correctable. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, and speaking of which, we we had the the Airbnb scheduling snafu last year where I was at Dodgers camp and I was able to rush back to the Airbnb and get all my stuff out of there because I thought I had an extra day in the Airbnb, <laughs> which apparently I did not. Um, so yes, <laughs> the the proximity of everything to everything else in in in, in Arizona and the cactus <laughs> saved me a year ago. So uh, Jim, you're headed to Florida. Jonathan to phoenix and then um in a couple weeks well sam will be headed to uh to florida uh, after jim to, to spell jim out there and then uh in a couple weeks is it a couple weeks it's only like a week i think i'm home for five days and then i go to arizona yeah to relieve jonathan but then I, is jonathan going back to florida for spring breakout he is CBA? he or, is yeah there you go so yeah, you guys are all over the place. So yeah, spring breakout uh, just over two weeks away now. Uh, starts on the fourteenth, so yeah, just over two weeks away. Um, more and more details coming out about spring breakout, um, including the broadcast schedule, which I'm uh, pleased to say includes a vast majority of the games. Uh, you will be able to watch, uh, what, 13 out of the 16 games, uh, either on MLB Network, 
MLB.com slash .tv slash the MLB app, uh, MLB Digital, or on the RSN. And uh, I know Jim, Jonathan, you guys, and Sam will uh, be partaking in, in some of the broadcasts. And uh, as you as you look ahead to the games that you'll be seeing, what what in particular uh, are you looking forward to there? Yes, <laughs> I'm excited for all of it. I mean, I just think it's you know when we we go to the futures game or we go to the fall league, it, it's fun to see like all this talent on the field at one time, and it, but it's from all over the place. Uh, all, all, you know, from all the organizations, there's something really, really exciting just, and it's, you know, it's one game. So it's not like we're going to watch one game and be like, that team's farm system is better than that team because they won this game. But I think it's just so much fun to see one organization's top to bottom talent, regardless of level, you know, based on how they're ranked playing together in a game. I want to see a, you know, a double A pitcher throwing to a rookie league catcher with us, you know, guy in high A in center field, whatever it is. Like, I just think it's going to be really exciting to see all of that at once. It's like a one day fantasy team, you know, prospect fantasy team, but in actual action. And I think we all are excited, not only about this, this year, but the growth potential and, and where this could go and, and maybe being able to see more of this kind of thing. And, from everything we've heard, people within organizations within Major League Baseball, like they're excited about putting a roster together, putting a lineup together. Like it, it's just it's going to be a lot of fun, and I think it's going to be fun. You know, sure, you know, may focus on the the, the top farm systems, but for any of them, I think it, it's going to be a great opportunity for the the players in any system to to compete on a, on a stage like this, even if it's just for one day. Yeah, I mean, you're going to have a lot of these games on regional sports networks or MLB network, and a lot of these guys you don't get to see playing games. I mean, you might get to see them get into a get into a, a big league spring training game, but like these guys will be the focus. Um, it is very exciting. Uh, yeah, you know, talking to people. Like, I I will say, like, I'm sure the logistics have not you know doing anything like this for the first time. There are so many logistics involved. But it seems like it's coming off pretty well. I'm sure there's a lot of work being done behind the scenes to make that happen. But that's been um, pretty impressive. You know, you know, what I think we need to do is we need to ramp up the stakes on this. I think whoever wins the game, you get to take one prospect from the other side. So what do you think? Like Orioles-Pirates is the first game. If the Pirates win, then they get Jackson Holiday. But if the Orioles win, they get Paul Skeens and so on. <laughs> Like, just think of the and drama. Thus like, well, ended let's, let's, the let's, spring let's... breakout experiment. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's up the ante. All of a sudden, you'd see, like, uh, like I don't know, in the Giants game, you know, Kyle Harrison coming down from big league camp to pitch. and uh, But, yeah, it's, but, uh, it, it, it's very, very cool. I think the only people who I've heard hints that aren't 100% enthusiastic are the guys who are the pitching coordinators for these teams trying to figure out the scheduling of, of who's going to pitch on these days. Um, you know, th- th- I think that's probably the most difficult logistics is finding enough pitchers early and in, in what will be early in minor league spring training to cover seven innings, a couple cases, nine innings. But everybody I've talked to, I- I've talked to, as we've been working on top 30s, I've, t- I've talked to farm directors about this. 
every, everybody I've talked to thinks this is a great idea. I mean, it's, and how often you have that where you have universal support where everybody's like, this is awesome. Like this is tremendous. So um, really, really looking forward to it. Yeah. So Jim mentioned uh, seven inning games. Uh, so a majority of the games are part of split or part of double headers uh, with the major league game for that day. Uh, those go seven innings. There are four games that are standalone games, not part of a doubleheader. Uh, in those instances, the teams can play nine innings if they both agree to it. Uh, at this point, uh, a couple of those games are nine inning games. Um, the Mariners Padres game on the 15th is a nine inning game. And the Tigers, uh, the Phillies Tigers game on the 16th is a nine inning game. Um, and there are some, some other wrinkles, the rules, uh, in addition to the, the length of the game, the ABS challenge system is going to be in place, uh, at a handful of Florida state league venues. That'll be fun to watch. Um, player reentry, uh, not sure how much that's going to come into play. Um, there will be no three, no three batter minimum for pitchers. What else? Uh, oh, well as far as eligibility goes and how these rosters are being constructed, basically the teams are using our top 30 prospects list to put those rosters together. Uh, rosters will be released on March 7th at 11 a.m. Eastern, a show on MLB network. So you want to uh, find out who is going to be participating in each of these games. You can find out then and there. And leading up to the release of the rosters on the 7th, we will be releasing our top 30 prospects list for uh, all 30 teams. That's on March 4th, 5th, and 6th, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. We'll do all of the East Division teams, American and National League, on Monday, Central on Tuesday, and West on Wednesday. So that's all coming your way. And then uh, that Friday, we'll wrap up that week of uh, – prospect of goodness with our updated farm system rankings on March 8th. So big week ahead next week. And uh, we'll talk about that and plenty more next week. For now, I want to take a break and come back and bring on our guest, Tigers number one prospect, Max Clark. That's coming up next on the MLB Pipeline Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to the MLB Pipeline Podcast. Jason Ratliff here with Jim Callis and Jonathan Mayo, and we are very happy to be joined now by a very special guest, Max Clark, one of baseball's top prospects and a, a returnee to our podcast. This is pretty rare, Max. I got to say, you are in a rarefied air here. We don't often have people back on. There's just always somebody new to talk to. Uh, I, I don't know if you remember, but we had you on in December. Uh, 
before your senior season. And uh, a lot has changed since then, huh? Yeah, no kidding. A lot from being engaged to playing pro ball. It is definitely a uh, a big leap, but, you know, I'm happy to be back on. I'm excited. You know, it's always good to catch up with uh, some of my favorite people. So looking forward to it. That's a veteran move leading with being engaged compared to pro. Oh, absolutely. Nicely done. Absolutely. <laughs> I know. Absolutely. Also, uh, stole my, stole my very first question. Cause I was going to, I was kind of going to test you. I was going to say, uh, you know, how'd your off season go? What'd you do? Any highlights <laughs> just to see if you would lead with that. Well, yeah. I mean, highlight number one of the off season was absolutely getting engaged. I mean, it was awesome. Um, I went up there to Dayton, had a chance to see her. Um, which was awesome. Um, and then obviously everything went down. There was an awesome little uh, little rain drizzle, which made some of the photos just perfect. Um, and then had a nice dinner. So it was good. All of her friends were in on it and the whole team. because uh, She plays soccer up there. She's a great soccer player. So um, it was nice to have everybody involved. And, you know, it was, it was a great way to kick off um, the off season of 2023 into 2024. Uh, congratulations. Thank you. We have a, like a combined 4 million years of marriage. So if you ever want any advice, uh, ask Jim, not me. Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> um, Matt, I, I wanted to ask you about your off season uh, just in terms of how you go about it. And you know, we, we, I know we talked a little bit about this, of the various stages where we've, we've spoken, but you know, you got that taste of pro ball, uh, you know, did well in the Florida complex league got an idea of like, okay, this is what I need to work on a little bit of a, of a, you know, a little bit of a wall or a hurdle to clear, however you want to put it when you got to full season ball, really small sample size, but, but what, you know, what did you take from that to use? Not that you need motivation, I don't think, but like to, to help you and take us through like what a, a workout day was like for you during the off season. Yeah. I mean, obviously, like you said, FCL was awesome and getting that first taste was, was great. I really enjoyed it. Um, the first few weeks of pro ball was something, you know, that a lot, obviously a lot of kids don't get a, get a chance to like, not only go out every single day and play baseball for the rest of their life, but at that high of a level. So, you know, I was, I was blessed to kind of just go out there and enjoy it. Um, and, you know, even when the times got hard and low way, it was still the most fun I'd had playing. I was talking to some people back home and it was like, yeah, I played some of the worst baseball I think I've ever played in my entire life. And I had the most fun doing it because the environment was great. Playoffs was awesome. And then I finally got hot in playoffs. So um, kind of tying it all in and having the mental challenge of that it was like was big for me. I think that was one of the big key points of this offseason for me was really honing in on the ability to not ride the wave as much and just kind of stay neutral with the emotions. And, you know, obviously I still have the flair like that's that's going to be there till the end of time. But being able to control everything, slow the game down was was a big piece of what I was trying to work on the entire offseason. Um, but from a day-in, day-out schedule, I mean, I preferred to work out in the night. Um, so I was pretty much just hanging out all day with the parents, the fiancé, kids around town, whatever it may be when they were home. Um, and then at night, I'd go in and do all my work. So I would start with a lift, um, depending on the day, upper, lower, or like a speed work day. Um, and then after that, I'd go into my cage routines, um, after cage routines, I do like some darts or, uh, BP style work. And then I'd end with the machine almost every day. Um, and as we got closer to January, I started really honing in on a difference between skill work, which was the majority of the first half for me for the off season. And then the back half was really competitive and trying different things, hitting different pitches with different bats and different baseballs with different bats. Um, I got really into bar ball training, uh, which was, which was six. So those were fun to mess around with the entire off season. 
Um, and you know, it was good. I, uh, I reported super early to Lakeland. I've been here since January. So it was nice having the ability to kind of get outside and play long toss in warm weather and shorts instead of negative six degrees in like March. So um, it was nice. Um, I'm really happy with where I am. I've made, I've made a lot of steps and I'm excited for this season, no doubt. Um, put on a lot of weight, which is good. So the ball's starting to fly. A couple, couple, couple swing changes, but nothing too crazy. Nothing like last year. Um, honestly, just a little bit of a raise in the hands, and it created a better direct path, allowed for some more space to be created. And then now we're starting to roll into live at bats, and we'll see where it goes. Yeah, Max, how many people, how many minor leaguers are in Lakeland already? Because it's, I know reporting dates March, but everybody reports early. So I mean, you guys could probably play inter squad games and stuff if you wanted to right now. Oh, absolutely. Um, actually, I'm pretty sure everybody that was invited to spring training is here now. Um, not 100% sure on that, but I believe at least from what I was told, I, the latest report day was February 23rd. Um, so all of all of the draft guys, everybody that wasn't in big league camp, they showed up probably somewhere between the 18th to the 20th. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, we I have 35 at-bats already this, this spring. So I've gotten live at-bats pretty much every day since mm, beginning of February. Um, and then I also did some offside training for some live at bats as well, but we could a hundred percent get some inner squads rolling. Like we, there are, we have four full minor league teams right now rolling, um, between like West Mish, uh, Lakeland, Toledo and Erie, where we all just kind of mix up players and there's 30 guys on every roster. So pretty much everybody's here. Are we going to see you in a big league game at some point? Have they hinted that to you? Have there, is there a plan for that at some point? <laughs> I sure hope so. Um, I actually, I, I really can't tell you. Uh, the only thing I know is there's a jersey in my locker, so that might mean something. But you know, I try. I'm trying not to think about it too much because I'll get excited. So <laughs> um, I think there's there's definitely a possibility for it. Um, and with the amount of like extra work I've gotten, I mean, I am definitely ready to go. Like I'm, I'm in game form at this point. If I'm being completely honest, my body is ready to go. So whenever they need me, I'm there. Max, uh, has anyone talked to you about uh, playing in spring breakout? And I guess, regardless, uh, what do you what do you know about it? And you know, what what do you think about it? Uh, I'll start with what I think about it. I think it's going to be awesome for the game. Um, I mean, there are a lot of people out there that love baseball, and I think this is a great way to grow the grow the game. Excuse me, and uh, just kind of bring more fans out to understand like how how these teams work. Um, how the prospect system works like there's just there's so much talent between low a and triple a for every single team so for us to kind of go out there and play as one full prospect team will be super super everybody involved so i am uh, i'm beyond excited for it and you know i think it's good i think it's great i think it's great for the game um as far as what if i'm gonna play in it i again i actually don't know i haven't been told um and people keep asking me and the only thing i keep saying is i uh I've seen some advertisement for it and there happens to be some Max Clark clips in there. So we'll leave it at that. We'll leave people guessing. Um, but I would, I would, I would assume so. Um, but you know, let's, let's just hope we'll, we'll leave it at that. I hope so. Cause I'm you excited got, for it. You gotta be careful. Cause sometimes you see a preview to a movie and there's like a cameo from someone and then they end up on the cutting room floor and they, they're not in the movie. So like, you know, you won't get too ahead of yourself. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, I'm being extremely careful. That is for sure. <laughs> have you, uh, have you taken a peek at all at the, the, you guys are playing the Phillies, right? In the, in the spring. Yeah, yeah. Like, have you taken a peek at all about like, Oh, maybe I can get an at bat against Mick Abel or, you know, it's too bad. Yeah, Andrew Painter's not back there's, yet. Or like, have you looked at their pitching at all? 
Yeah, so like I mean, they're they're stacked. First of all, like the Phillies prospect team is going to be good. I mean, you got guys, Jesse Crawford Jr., Miller, a um, couple of the more draft guys from this year. Like, they're going to be a loaded team. So I think it'll be really good because I mean, our prospect team is like if I in my head, like I tried to build our own a couple times just by like looking at the rankings and stuff. I was like, who would play where? And I'm just like, damn, we are pretty loaded from one to thirty. And, but obviously, I mean, you got guys like Jace and Cole up in big league camp, but still like take those guys away. We're still just stacked from top to bottom. And we have, we have, we have good pitching too. So I think it'll be, I think it'll be a shoot. It's either going to be a shootout or it's going to be like one, zero, two, one, three, two, something like that. I mean, I'm excited for it. I've been jaw jacking Aiden a little bit. <laughs> I, I was going to say, you know, I've already seen some pitchers comment that they're behind you guys. They're going to just be rounding into form. So they feel like the hitters are going to have the advantage. So, so I've, I've seen some pitchers make some excuses already in advance of spring breakout. But I was curious, you were just talking about the Tigers system. Who are you looking forward to playing with potentially in that game? Who are you looking forward to seeing being on the same diamond with maybe some upper level guys that you haven't played with yet in your career? Absolutely. I mean, from top to bottom, um, I've really enjoyed getting to know everybody, especially being down here at camp. Um, and some of them reported a little bit early, um, as well. So like I got to spend some extra time with them, but guys like, like Ben Malgeri, Brady Allen, um, obviously McGonagall. Um, and I've, I've, honestly, everybody in the draft class, like Jarvis, all of those guys, um, I really enjoyed our draft class last year. So I think it was, it was an awesome opportunity for us to kind of all get called up and go play in low A at the end of the season. Um, and we built a really strong bond, no doubt. So that was exciting. But then you got the older guys like Quincy Neoporte, super cool story, but like he is just, he's awesome. He definitely helped me when I was struggling low A. He happened to be there on a rehab assignment. Um, and he was just really helping with my mentality and kind of like how to go about every single day. Cause he knew I was down and he had been through some couple uh, injuries as well. So like he kind of just knew that failure happens. And that was a big piece for me of him helping. So, and then you guys got, got guys like Danny Soretti, Gage Workman, like these dudes are going up there and mashing in big league games right now too. I mean, Gage is like hitting 500, a whole, whole man is hitting 500. Like Brady Allen just hit a nuke today. Like it's super cool to see um, all these guys kind of just going up and hitting stride, you know, in February. So uh, wherever they end up, if we end up playing together, it'll be, it'll be super cool. We are talking to Max Clark, MLB's number 13 overall prospect tigers, number one prospect. Um, Max, I wanted to ask you, you know, when we, when we talked to you a uh, year and a half ago, um, you were headed into your senior season and you were talking about your goals, which were, if I remember correctly, to go four for four every game and to not strike out. You were, you were just starting the season. You said you didn't want to strike out your senior season. You had struck out twice. I think you said your junior year. Yeah. How much, how much of your expectations, how much have you had to adjust your expectations being at this level? And, you know, what can you talk about kind of what those expectations are now compared to what they were then? Um, You know, it's, <laughs> it's funny you say that. Cause obviously like you're not going to go four for four every game. Sometimes you're lucky to put a ball in play against these guys. Like everybody is good um, at every level. Everybody throws 95. Everybody has a good slider. Everybody has a good changeup. Like, Everybody plays good defense. I think that's the biggest difference, if I'm being honest. Like, you can hit a ball 105 right up the middle, and they're there in three steps. It's like, okay, like, all right, I guess I just need to start lifting a little bit more. <laughs> um, so, like, yeah, um, they have changed 
in terms of numbers, but I still, I still very, very much agree with like the lofty expectations. Um, you know, Kobe Bryant actually had said something about this, um, and in one of his speeches a few years ago, he was just talking about like perfection. And it's like, obviously if you chase perfection, you're going to get better each and every day because you're never going to accomplish being perfect. It's never going to happen. Nobody is perfect, of course. So, but setting that expectation that high and chasing that every single day, the closer and closer that you can get to perfection, that's what they call mastery. So like that is, that is literally the definition of what I want to do every single day, whether it's training or lifting or hitting in a game, it doesn't matter. It's all the same thought process for me. Max, you know, I think you touched on in terms of some of the work you did in the off season, but I'm, I'm sure you've talked to enough people that talk about that first full season playing 140 games. And you said you've already had, you know, a good amount of at bats how do you find the balance between working a lot and working too much? You know, when you know, like you're trying to prepare for a thing that people told you about, but you don't really get it. And I think until you go through it, you know, how, how do you try to find a way to make sure you're ready, but would also not, you know, not go too all out too soon. So you, you kind of run out of gas and you hit that proverbial wall that a lot of people hit that first full season. Yeah, I mean, I think that's going to be the biggest challenge outside of just the game itself. That that season is is very long. Like it is, it is no joke. I've heard from every single player that has a year under their belt. Like, um, it is it is a grind, and that's it's as, it's as easy as that. Um, and I think there is there is definitely like a fine line between overworking and working just enough. And I've been I've been trying to be cognizant about it. I've been trying to like take care of my body the most I can. And honestly, as of right now, like I feel the best I've ever felt in February and I'm as far ahead as I've ever been in February, especially since we don't start, start as um, early in Indy. So like as a whole, I feel like I'm ready to attack this season. I feel my body feels ready. I feel healthy, um, like beyond healthy. Like I feel as good, like I said, as good as I've ever felt. Um, and so the ability to like take care of my body with what we've done leading up to this, um, whether that's like our pre pre a workouts, like our mobility, everything like that. I've kind of learned to really take those seriously, like take them as serious as you are, you do in the gym, the cage, et cetera, because that is what's going to get you through, you know, the 150 games. Um, so like, I think that was a really big point of emphasis for me in the off season, like getting a schedule, getting a program that works for me that I can do each and every day that gets, you know, volatile or easy injured areas that just stay healthy as long as possible. Um, so, you know, I'm attacking certain joints and area and space that allows me to move better each and every day and stay loose. Um, and I think that's going to be a hundred percent the game changer. Max, I always like to ask people about the competition guys they faced and, and let you guys play scout. I was curious one, you know, in your, in your draft class, who was the best hitter you saw? We're going to we're take you out of the equation. Who was the best hitter you saw being on that whole circuit? And two, who's the best pitcher you've ever faced, whether it's as an amateur and pro ball this spring? Who's the best pitcher? Yeah, so those are my two questions for you. I think um, from like pure hitter, honestly, I would say Walker or Kevin. I think the, I think it was us three in a pool and not really close between anyone else. I think those were the three best, especially like seeing – 
Kevin every day now. Like some of the stuff that he does is just absurd. And then you have the mix of that with Walker. You've got the juice and the ability to hit. Like it's it's really cool to watch the, those three. Like us three are really really good players, along with everybody else. But it's it's really cool to watch somebody that is just super elite at what he does every single day. Um, and I, I've enjoyed that. So on the flip side, I think the best pitcher was actually Archie Bradley. Um, I faced Archie when he was rehabbing um, low A Marlins. And so, you know, like we're in a must win game and the Marlins know it. And they just, all I see, I, I had, I actually had, they just called time when I was walking up to the plate. And so I faced Thomas white, then I faced noble. And then after that, Archie Bradley comes out of the mound and I'm like, okay, sick. I just see him emerge from the bullpen and left field and like slow walk to the mound and uh, step in the box. And it's, I have a six pitch at bat. Luckily I draw a walk. Dude just throws me five curveballs that just legitimately came from the sky and uh, did not get my bat off the shoulder. And I just stood there and you know what? He didn't <laughs> find the zone. So I took my free base and then stole it back. So we'll, we'll take it. Um, but I just had no hope. Like I had no <laughs> idea what he was throwing. Um, and like the one fast boy through, I was 14 days late. So um, it was, it was exciting for sure. Um, but he's a hundred percent. Like he just, he had command and like just emphasis on everything he threw. I, Jim, Jonathan, I don't know about you guys, but I was not expecting that to be his answer. I was no. not expecting a, no. an art, an Archie Bradley uh, reference. He, he's an old, old friend of, uh, well, I can't say the podcast because uh, it was pre-podcast. Pre-podcast, but... yeah. No, that's good though. He's he's awesome. He was, he was happy the whole time. <laughs> All right. Well, Max, thank you. Thank you very much for joining us. Uh, we very much hope to see you at spring breakout and then uh, look forward to keeping an eye on, on uh, what you got going on for the, for this season uh that's max clark of the detroit tigers we are going to take a break we'll come back with more on the mlb 5.5 podcast it's only a kick a jump a block it's only a serve it's only a tackle a run it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Welcome back to the MLB Pipeline Podcast. Jason Ratliff, Jim Callis, Jonathan Mayo. Thanks to Max Clark for joining us on the podcast today. He's always always a great interview. And I say always because I, I said he was a repeat, uh, on the show and he reminded us very, very politely, very professionally after we talked to him that he'd in fact, he's been on the, he's been on the podcast three times now, which I think I didn't remember. And we, we talked about this recently, like when somebody interviews someone, when we don't all interview that person, someone just sort of does it on the side and it gets inserted into the podcast. I don't necessarily remember those. And I think that's what happened. Was it the first time he was on it from, from PDP? Is that what it yeah, was? Yeah, it was PDP league. And I did one with, I did one with him and Walker Jenkins. Oh together. yeah. 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 Yes. Yeah. It was really good, but um, I had also forgotten it and I'm the one that did it. So <laughs> you're okay. 
I think I missed the first two appearances because I think I was on you vacation were. last year when you guys talked you were so he was, six. I had actually, never, even though it was his third appearance, I've he didn't never say this during before. during this uh, this interview, Jim. But he was beginning to wonder why you were dodging him. I would have probably dodged him today if I'd had more time. <laughs> I, uh, I, I didn't. No, he's he's a fine Midwesterner. So, um, as a, as a, as a hopefully fine Midwesterner myself, we have to stick together. So, sure, certainly unintentional. All right. Uh, while I was gone, you guys did a story on each organization's top power hitting prospects, uh, and what we wanted to do here is have a little draft. We like to do drafts on the podcast. Um, and the way we decided we would do this is that Jim and Jonathan are going to each draft five players from this list. Um, and instead of waiting eh, 15, 20 years to see, uh, who's, who's draftees hit the most, uh, major league home runs in their careers. We decided that we'd make it a little more, uh, a little more digestible and, uh, they're going to draft guys based on how many home runs they're going to hit this season. And then we'll be able to check in on that, uh, you know, in a, in a reasonable amount of time. So $25,000, $25,000 on the right, on the line. It's been a while as always. It has been a while. Um, and as always, we have not determined who's picking first. Uh, I'm trying to remember who picked first in our last draft. I want to say Jonathan, but I, Sure. Can't I don't remember. So, Jim, uh, based on that, uh, you can pick first. Okay. I'm going to take uh, – are we serpentining since it's a competition? I guess we have to serpentine, right? Yeah. Um, uh, do I go straight? There's a guy I want. There's a guy who I think is a better pick, but I'm not sure Jonathan's going to pick the guy who's a better pick. So I'm, I'm going to strategically – I'm going to take Owen Casey of the Cubs. Uh, you know – he hits the balls hard as just about anybody in the minors. 22 homers, despite being one of the youngest guys in double A Southern League last year. So give me Owen Casey of the Cubs. I will hope I float the guy who I thought about taking over him down to pick number four. <laughs> I, I'm now curious who it's me. We'll find out in a minute. So to me, this is, you know, the 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 story obviously, as you said, was about top power hitting prospects, not necessarily like who's who's gonna hit the most homers now. Some of it depends on what level they're going to be at, um, you know, the, the competition they're going to face. So I'm going to take Walker Jenkins and the Twins um, just uh, as, as Max uh, Clark was talking about his draft classmate, uh, the combination of his hitability and the juice in his bat. And uh, I think he's going to make single A look kind of easy and get promoted and just keep on mashing. So that he, he's going to be one. And then – you know, I wasn't sure whether I was going to take him because I think he's going to spend a good amount of time in the big leagues, but I'm going to take Wyatt Langford. I'm just going to just hammer on the uh, on the 2023 draft class. The Rangers first pick made it up to AAA. Uh, you know, all he did was slug 677 during his pro debut. The only reason why this may not be a great pick is if he you know, shuttles up and down a little bit. Uh, I think that he's going to get to his power in the big leagues too. Uh, but the only reason why I pause is that, that that's a kind of a, a huge jump for, you know, a player in his first year of pro ball to make, but I, I believe in his power potential that much. Did I take the guy you wanted? 
You did not. You did not. So I'm, I'm going to take because it's. I, I'm with you on that straight. It's funny. I was gonna. I would have taken Langford with one of my picks. I, I, I don't agree. really want too many guys in the big leagues because it's better competition and you don't know you're going to play every day. Um, but at the same time, I can also see Walker. I mean, not Walker Jenkins, who who is also good. I could see Wyatt Langford hitting 25 homers in the big leagues, which would be fine. I'm going to take Andy Pajes of the Dodgers, who has hit home runs everywhere he's been, and the Dodgers outfield is so crowded that I don't think he's going to get many at-bats in the big leagues. That that was the guy I was – you guys know I love Andy Pajes, so I was I, I was focused on him. So I will take him, <laughs> and then I will, I will contradict myself. Ah, ah, no, I'm, you know what? I'm not going to contradict myself. I'm going to take James Wood of the Nationals. I want the two home runs he's hitting in, in the – in the no. Grapefruit League already to count towards my total. But, you know, he did struggle some in double-A last year. He still hit 26 homers at age yep. 20. He's huge, uh, you know, great leverage, great bat speed, tremendous power. Um, I enjoyed talking to James Wood in, in spring training last year. So give me James Wood. You pick you pick because he's a good talker? I don't understand. So it would be good in the post No, no, I'm just saying that as well. It's like, like He'll like, represent that, your organization too, yes. well. He's going to represent. Yes, Team Callis will be very proud to have James Wood on our team. All right, I am. Uh, I'm going to stick close to home and take my nephew Kobe Mayo. Uh, even no, I thought you were going to take Tony Blanco Jr. Damn it! <laughs> no, no. So. Um, and uh, you know, I, I actually mentioned him in inbox as a guy who might end up making you know, forcing his way into the big league picture, but I don't know where he's going to play. And the power is already showing up. He had 29 homers in the double, you know, at the upper levels last year. Uh, he's only going to be 22. Um, so uh, I think he ends up spending most of the year in AAA and just puts up ridiculous numbers there. And even if he comes to the big leagues and, and there's you know, more swing and miss and something like that, he's still going to get to his power. And then I think... I had someone picked out now. I'm second guessing myself in my own head. Um, you know what? I'm going to take Aiden Miller. You know, we've talked so much about Aiden Miller, how the Phillies may have gotten the steal of the of the draft because he slipped to the end of the first round, broken hamate as a senior. We saw the power in the showcase circuit, won the home run derby. Uh, you know, actually hit well when he when he had his pro debut. It was only 20 games. I think that. Even in the Florida State League, he's gonna he's gonna get to a good amount of power right away. He's gonna be too good for that level. My two questions, real quick, are: Would you have taken the Orioles guy if he was named Kobe Ratliff? Would you have picked him? Um, and are you going to jaw jack <laughs> uh, Aiden Miller? Uh, me Max. after taking Aiden Miller after Aiden Miller was jaw jacked by Max Clark? <laughs> I'm gonna jaw jack to Max Clark about that. I took Aiden Miller. Um, I would absolutely take in Kobe Ratliff. He's not very good. Okay. But I had to take Kobe Mayo because they have to keep peace around the family, you know, the family dinner table. Okay. Well, that's good. It's uh, <laughs> the toughest part of this draft is scrolling up and down and, and trying to remember who I was picking. Um, I I had my picks and now I've forgotten them, which is sad. Hold on. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I'm, I'm doing a poor job of stalling for time. I hadn't. Oh, I know who I was taking. Thank you. Um, I will take. Who did I, you just think? What? <laughs> you just said thank you. I'm like, who are you thanking? I'm thanking myself. My memory is, is <laughs> for remembering. This clicks okay, back go in. Ahead. Thank you for, for coming back my, to my memory. Um, I'm now going to contradict myself and take the guy who was we agreed had the best power in the top 100 prospects list, even though he may play in the majors. 
although it's unclear exactly where he'd fit. So I will take Junior Caminero, who mm. hit 31 home runs as a 19-year-old in the minors. And Junior will not agree with me, but I hope he spends a lot of time in AAA so he can just put up a bunch of home runs. And then I'm going to take a a huge power over hit guy who I think will be in the minors all year. And I will go, there are two guys who fit this, uh, this profile. There's only mm-hmm. one I can take, obviously I will take Ivan Melendez of the diamondbacks uh, who hit 30 home runs last year um, in less than hundred games. I'm hoping he stays a little healthier and maybe we'll, we'll get 35 homers this year. So those are my five. All right. You do have one more. I completely lost track. Okay, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna roll the dice a little bit here. Uh, and I was leaning this way, and then hearing you, Jim, sort of talk about going with the power over hit profile. Um, I'm gonna take Lazaro Montez of the Mariners. Uh, you know, he has had power right from the get go uh, in the Dominican Summer League. He slugged 585. He slugged 560 last year, making his way from the complex league to full season ball. The thing that gives me some hope, he, he had high strikeout rates early, and there's some swing and miss there, is that his approach really got better last year, and I think it's going to keep getting better. And he might have as much raw power as as anyone who is on this list. It's just a question of him hitting enough to get to it. So I'm I'm banking with my, my, my final pick here that uh, he is going to make enough contact to get to it consistently. So, Jason, this is where you usually show us up, and then you pick five guys who outperform our five guys. But, but who were you surprised did not get well, picked? Are you pronouncing it? Early it's winner? funny that you say that because I was just about to say that I really like each of your last picks, and that I was going to. I was thinking yeah, maybe I'll maybe I'll put together my my team of leftovers, but then you guys you stole my first two picks um, with Melendez and and uh, Laz, so. Um, I, if I were to cobble together a team now, it's kind of tough because a lot of the guys are these guys who, uh, fall in that category of players who could see some time in the big leagues, but not sure of their role there. So, uh, Ronnie Mauricio's on the list. Right. Exactly. So, uh, I'll take Ronnie. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I, I would have started my team with, with your final two picks um trying to say i I like sam would have picked Aurelvis martinez if sam sam dykstra loves Aurelvis martinez he would have picked Aurelvis if he were drafted i think i would i think i would uh have chased a lot on my team yep uh thought about mm -hmm. it i contemplated that but yeah uh we'll we'll see uh we'll have to check back in at the end of the season and see who see who wins this one Oh, well, we should do a mid-season yeah, check. Come on. All right. Uh, if we remember. Uh, I'm predicting we will not remember. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, correct. We have a question here in the mailbag from Lee uh, at LitFreeds11. Is that what that says? Uh, we know about the college prospects that will be available for the Guardians at 1-1. My question is, is there a high school player who could challenge for one, one Jim, I'm going to largely let you answer this because one guy came up before we had this question. And I think he is really the only one I think who has a real opportunity to. Yeah. Maybe and, and that would be Connor Griffin from Jackson prep in Mississippi, 
who is the only high school player in the top 13 spots on our preseason draft top 100. He's number eight. He's unquestionably has the best tools in the high school class. It's, it's 60s or 70s for power, run, arm, field. If there was a question about him coming into the year, he did not tear up the showcase circuit. His swing got a little bit long at times, but he also had a, a minor shoulder injury that affected his swing. So I don't think we saw the best of him. Just like you know, we've referenced Walker Jenkins a couple times during this podcast, Walker Jenkins was beat up a little bit on the 2022 high school showcase circuit, and we didn't necessarily see the best of him. But Connor Griffin is an unbelievable athlete. And so coming into the year, you know, we gave him all those lofty tool grades and we put a 50 on his hit because of, the, the, you know, like I said, the swing can get long. It wasn't the greatest showcase circuit. So people, you know, and, and here's the goofy thing. Like he's facing Mississippi high school competition. So he's not facing a lot of pro caliber pitching, but he is off to a spectacular start. I had a scout call me. It actually made me like, God, I got to get covered in the draft again. But right now we're focusing on top 30 spring training. I had a scout call me who said that there's no question in his mind he's a plus hitter now. He thinks he's a legitimate 1-1 candidate. And he's been playing shortstop because he's the best athlete on his high school team. He projects more center fielder at the pro level. But um, this scout said, you know what? I, I think on the 2080 scale, he could be a 55 shortstop. Um, so um, I do think Connor Griffin is the one guy, right, Jonathan? I agree with you. I think he's the only guy. Like our next best guy – is P.J. Morlando, who's an accomplished hitter, but isn't the athlete that Connor Griffin is. And I just don't think Doesn't you would take P.J. Morlando over this deep crop of college hitters um, that are out there. But, yeah, Connor Griffin would be the one, although, you know, J.J. Weatherholt, you know, as we talked about, I think, last week on the podcast, has a hamstring injury, at least we we slacked about it. I can't remember when we first Yeah, no, we, 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 we mentioned it, I think. Yeah. yeah, you know, so, like, he's number one on our list. Nick Kurtz is off to start for Wake Forest. But <laughs> Travis Bazana has got, I don't know, he's probably hitting another two home runs while we're recording this, even though I know he's not really playing on a Monday night. But I think Travis Bazana has got five home runs in the first two weeks. And I think Charlie Condon at George is hitting, like, 650. So the competition will be, will be stiff. But Connor Griffin has got – Connor Griffin probably is the best combination of tools and hitting ability in the entire draft. So yeah, he, yeah, he, he could factor he, in there. He would be the only one. I mean, the, the one guy I remember, and it was just one area guy uh, who loves Cam Caminiti, and just as a young high school lefty who reclassified, I, you know, I don't think he could do enough in one spring in Arizona high school, even against good competition, to rise up to the top of the list. I think he could move up and be you know the lone high school arm that goes you know in the top 10 uh, we'll have to sort of see but that was i remember uh one of one of the area guys in arizona saying that he he thinks he's a a, a top 10 kind of talent but not quite answering that question but he's the only other guy that i like high school guy that i could see sort of with a ton of upward trajectory you know swimming upstream against all these college hitters Good question, Lee. Thank you very much. And thanks very much to Max Clark for joining us on the show today. And thanks to everybody for listening. That's going to do it for this week's episode of the MLB Pipeline Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss an episode. If you're enjoying the show or have any suggestions, leave us a rating and a review. Thanks, everybody. See you next week.